0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at Libertarians.com. Oh, f***. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad is liberty. Each week, we strive to bring you the best guests in talk radio. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad delivers weekly interviews of noteworthy politicians, experts, and activists. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad is bringing the party to the Libertarian Party and launching ideas in your direction. Check us out at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com. You can hear me, Kurt Nelson, and the beautiful Heather Nixon talk about the ideas of liberty rock and roll. Hey there, liberty lovers. This is Mark Clare of the Lions of Liberty podcast, where we strive to bring you great conversations about the ideas of liberty three days a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Check us out at lionsofliberty.com.
1: Hey guys, this is Roger Paxton, and if you're fed up with the government running every single aspect of your life, but you're not listening to the Lava Flow podcast yet, then what's wrong with you? Check us out at thelavaflow.com, or just go back to sucking up to the government. The Lava Flow podcast, striking the root every single episode.
0: We are supported by listeners like you. Donate per month or make a one-time donation through PayPal or Patreon at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to We Are Libertarians, I'm your host Chris Spangle. We Are Libertarians brings you all of the irreverence modern politics deserves. We explain to you what the hell is happening in our world today and how we can fix it by thinking differently. This is a podcast brought to you by the We Are Libertarians Network, so please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, like us on Facebook, share this episode with friends, and support us through PayPal or Patreon at wearelibertarians.com. We're supported by listeners like you, so $1 per episode by pledging $5 a month helps us grow. We're always taking your questions and comments via email at editor at wearelibertarians.com. And I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this episode, which is 812 Farms, located in Columbus, Indiana. You guys have given them such a tremendous response, and we thank you guys so much. They supply home brewers and commercial breweries with locally grown hops. In the process of getting a destination brewery started in Bartholomew County uh, using all Indiana-grown ingredients, they're going to build a brew pub that honors the farmers of Indiana. And they plan a wedding barn, an event center, a restaurant, a brewery, indoor hydroponics, vegetable garden, and uh, overnight lodging. So they uh, are planning big. And they want to grow with the We Are Libertarians audience, and that is why they advertise with us. So please, if you're a home brewer or if you love to drink beer, go get the firma frost, the permafrost an in India, a Pale a, a pale lager. The tap on Mass Ave. You had one too many. I'm having way too much trouble talking today, Greg. Well,
1: I I love 812 Farms. They're like the best sponsor ever. They're so positive. They like every status. Like, I feel like we should sponsor them.
0: I know. Well, we do. We're so lucky. We officially endorse the hops. A uh, grown-out in Bartholomew County. That is the voice of Greg Lenz, my co-host. Greg, how are you? I'm
1: doing wonderful. I'm really excited about uh, about this episode. This is going to be great fun. Yeah, we uh, we have a
0: special treat. Uh, you know, when we have no elections. It's tough to do a lot of news. We wanted to get together and do an episode for you guys this week, but we, uh, we there wasn't really anything catching our eye this week,
1: right? Well, that's, that's why we flew in, a North Korean foreign policy expert, you know, all the way from right. Pyongyang. Um, Mr. Sean Latham. Sean, how are you doing?
2: Guys, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on your show it's going to be in from north korea it's kind of hot right now over there
0: now sean so. sean you you guys may not uh, know this but sean is not only a policy advisor to kim jong-un uh he is a local comedian and a national comedian you're hell you grew up in la right let's float
1: global let's go global right man you were from la and moved indie yeah wow yeah a year and a half ago how do you like it I love it. Do
2: you? It's great here, dude. Awesome. I mean, I hate weather. But That's the, the but one that, thing. But we squeaked it out. We're past it now. Yeah. We'll have a couple of days in the 60s. So you're then... the reason Bowers left. No, I'm definitely not the reason Bowers left. <laughs> you came and he left. He's like, all right, see you later. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Oh,
1: hey, you, you wanted... really picked Indy, huh? Yeah.
2: He invited me out here to move here. That's why I moved here. Yeah. He, it, it,
0: because as a comedian, honestly, it's a great place to, to live and work, isn't it? Well, um, if you don't understand like the purpose,
2: you know, if, if you're trying to be famous right now, then don't come here. Right, but I didn't come here to be famous. I, got, I already had some TV credits on Comedy Central, so I just wanted to have the best act I can possibly have. I Actor, to be, comedian, foreign policy expert, foreign po- You know, and the foreign policy that's going to go with me everywhere. You know? <laughs> but the stand-up, I needed to. Um, I needed to get. I needed to go somewhere I can headline a, sh- a shitload of clubs. Sure. Build your brand, yeah, mm-hmm. and just and just just indulge in the art, and just try to become the funniest Sean I can be, really.
1: And I've seen you once, and it was hysterical. You roasted the shit out of a bachelorette party, and I was dying. It was yeah, so good, but it was in a fun way because I didn't know oh, feelings. They yeah. laughed and loved it, like they were totally eating it up, and were you know they had the look. Yeah, <laughs> they were they were eating it up too. Too many um like, and I I don't.
2: You know, everybody has their style. Everybody has their thing. But I don't ever want. I don't ever, unless they have no choice because someone's being a straight piece of shit. Yeah. Then I'll, I'll never just go in on somebody and beat them up for the for the sake of the show. Like you know, because that's where that's the worst stereotype. No one wants to sit in the front row. You don't get, get picked right on. Yeah. You know, right? My feelings. I just I just want to do positive shit. So if I'm, if the only thing I'm going to say to somebody, and that's why I also make fun of myself right away. I got one good lazy eye joke up front, and I got a couple of callbacks within the hour set. But it's one. One lazy eye joke up front, so they know where I'm coming from. This shit's don't take this shit so serious. Let's let's
0: self-deprecating. You know, let's let's set the scene a little bit. Uh, you have a tremendous lazy eye. Yes, sir. It is. It is. It is one of the laziest I've ever seen.
2: Yeah, it's a hot, they're real hot right now. A lot of people are into them, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's a, lot of a really good point.
0: <laughs> and if you've ever looked up uh Morty's Comedy Joint, uh, which is where we do our live show, they have a uh, a mascot that is a dog with a lazy eye. Two lazy eyes. Yeah. And uh, it's one of the funniest things ever
1: when... You pretend to notice it, and then you scream out,
0: "Look at this fucking dog! He stole my act!" Yeah.
1: And you caught there's no comma in Indianapolis, Indiana on the Morty sign. Like that's, and I was like, that was bothering me so much, and that was why I immediately liked you. You nailed it. And I wasn't sure if that was improv or not. Uh, it was originally, yeah, but now I just
2: throw it out there sometimes. It's hilarious. Just, but I just make it, you know. Originally, it was some made up shit that I said just random, but then um, I just keep kept it. Oh,
1: so good. Yeah,
0: really. Sean's a very funny comedian. Very funny. Uh, so Thank you guys. What kind of com- What kind of comedy would you say? you do
2: hmm, i don't know it's kind of um well there's some uh, a lot of observatory in some manners a lot of sto- you know i got some stories in there I'm just mixing it in
1: observational comedy observational yeah just your energy literally. level's huge too i mean you are like that's the most, most important part yeah it's great it's so different to see you in person like this not at, up on stage yeah no the um the energy and the connection is the most everybody thinks that it's the jokes the jokes
2: are literally secondary Sure. Like I don't give a shit. I'll I'll write a joke about this, you know, the chair or something. As long as I'm doing it my way, then it'll some it'll it'll you know you have to have it has to be funny. But I'm yeah. saying, you know, it has to meet a certain everything condition. else. Yeah, there's so much more before the joke even hits the table. Yeah, but there, you don't learn that for years.
0: There was a comedian, and I forget who it was. I think it was Jerry Seinfeld who said that comedy is basically just noise, and that if you you say the same phrase if you have Chris Rock say it. It, and you then you have Louis C.K. say it, or, and then you have Jerry Seinfeld say it. It'll be said in the same way, and it will be funny to different audiences based on the noises coming out of their head. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's very true. And like you exemplify that more than anybody, I think, in just the way that you uh, you, you present things. Because you're, it's not that your jokes aren't funny. It's that you pre- you can talk about anything on stage. You're very what's called crowd work. You can go around and talk to the crowd and uh, make that funny because of the presentation. I mean, so how how did you develop that style? I mean, how to to relate this to our audience? One of the reasons that we want to talk to Sean uh, first and foremost he was he was bringing his co host. You have a podcast, right?
2: Mm-hmm. We're just what? starting it. We just we've just been working on it. Just, you know, recorded some episodes. We just sat down with you last week. Yeah, to set it all up. And uh, what's the name of the podcast? It's Lights out. Lights. Yep, yeah, Chris uh, with Chris lights out Lytle, the MMA legend.
0: Yeah, so if you know Chris Lytle, he was supposed to be here, but he had a, a thing in his schedule. And Lytle's a libertarian who ran as a Republican for a state senate seat in 2012. And I was wooing him hard to come and come and run as a libertarian, <laughs> but he he didn't fall for it. Uh, so and we'll we'll would we'll love to have you guys back on because I want to talk to Chris about his experience in politics. Um, so we wanted to not only promote your podcast, but also have you kind of talk about the process of, uh, libertarians are not good at talking to people, okay? You're very good at talking to people. You're very good, you're very confident, okay? I remember the first time that I ever uh, heard your name was that uh, you you were going to work on this comedy team called the Motor Pugs, mm-hmm. uh, now defunct, Chris Bowers, who now works at the comedy, uh, not the comedy store, the... Uh, Help me. Laugh Factory. The Laugh Factory in L.A. Booking all the that comics. That little place out in L.A. Little, on that, Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, the, one of the <laughs> most legendary clubs ever. Uh, our good friend Chris Bowers, who you heard on episode 200, has moved out to L.A. to uh, become a legend in comedy um, with this great gig. And uh, so he was putting together this troupe about a year and a half ago and he was telling me about it. And uh, he said, I've got this guy, Sean. Sean is the most confident person I've ever met in my entire life. Sean can go into any situation and just handle it and not he has no fear he can talk to anybody about anything he can present almost anything uh you're getting very full of yourself Uh, i didn't know i could do all that yeah well chris bowers who is also one of the most confident people we've ever met called you one of the most confident people he's ever met so that's like being knighted yeah so one of the one of the problems that libertarians have is that they're very insecure that they're not confident. We spend
1: all our time thinking about what the other person is thinking about us while we're talking to them. Exactly. And so,
0: you know, I didn't, I'm just kind of springing this on you, but it's one of the things that I think that, that people don't have a good, uh, they don't have a good, um, they're not good at communicating. And so, (laughs) uh, right. So how did you develop this confidence? Like when you're putting together, because I often tell people, don't, go out yes be authentic and genuine but you also have to kind of rehearse what you're going to say when you go out and give a presentation and so how did you kind of define your character as a comedian so when you're getting out to go and talk to a group of people how do you get into that mode how do you craft that character and what were some of the ways that you do that
2: um first i did a public speaking class in college at arizona western college in yuma arizona
1: Oh, wow. I used yep. to live in Scottsdale. You were out yeah,
2: there. I lived. I grew up for 10 years in Arizona. Oh, wow. 15 to 25. And um, that class was so terrifying.
1: Hmm.
2: You know, and I was just saying, it's just, it just really breaks down to reps. You know, it's just the reps thing. You just keep doing it. So I started that class. I'm going to have to do a speech. I was like, i talk talked in front of these. Fucking, I don't know these people. What am I going to talk about? I did a presentation of the movie Half Baked. <laughs> like it was That's ridiculous. Yeah. And... Uh, and then you know, then I just got into it. I got a job at a comedy club, and then you just start doing it, right? And then every show, though, you're like, "Oh, I'll, I can do it here" because you feel safe, like this place. I can do this room, and then I go to this other room, like I can't do this place. This is a bar. I can't do this, right. you know. But then you slowly, you got other friends who've been a little ahead of you, you know, six months in. Come, and then they're like, "Dude, just you coming? You're doing it, you know?" And you get thrown in, right? And then just over years, just the reps. And I moved around a lot as a kid, so when you move around in the middle of school years, you have to really like you just become good at making hopefully people like you right away. Very you know? agreeable. Because everybody's like, who's this new piece of shit? You know, like this outsider guy. There was a movie as a kid. Um, it was this kid who was from California. It was all surfer guy and he moved to Cincinnati. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Oh. Um, it's not Gleaming the Cube. It's no, somebody it was a skateboarder. It's X-80s. an 80s movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like
1: early 80s. Oh, man, I forget but what I always, it was. But
2: I, I was related to that dude because I moved from like California to Gaffney, South Carolina, which is awesome because that's where they, um, that's where... Um, uh, Frank Underwood's from, you yeah. know, in, uh, oh, yeah. uh
1: typewriter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. House, so way, you're an I'm, army brat?
2: No, no, oh, no. no, no yeah. A lot of just, just, um, mom got married a couple of times, you know, and we just moved with them with that with, you know, where we, my mom was from Ohio. So we lived there for a little while, but then, you know, when you, then you just become, you know, you just learn to like, all right, well at the same time, I, I everybody cares what everybody else thinks about them. Of like, course. If I, when you find out someone doesn't like you, you're just like fuck. What didn't like me? Like, what did I do? You know what right. do? It. You know it bugs the shit out of you. But then after a while, you just learn that there's just there's just a percentage. It's like comments on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's uncontrollable Someone is going to tell you That you're a piece of shit That looks like a pug Or whatever <laughs>
1: Right You know and, and, and I think he just <laughs> called me A piece of shit I think for, yeah, it was very You know Very meta <laughs> Very low under Strategic, uh, yeah. strategic. Well, I, I do I, not look like a fucking pug uh, I apologize
0: <laughs> I, I was trying to be humorous I'm not funny I like, liked it I liked it uh, But it actually
2: good. That's what someone That's one of the top comments On one of my YouTube clips Right Oh god Some piece of shit But this guy is cute He looks
1: like a pug Or something <laughs> He's <laughs> like <laughs> I don't look like a pug I bang everything that walks <laughs> I'll have you know
0: I hump every woman's
1: leg I <laughs> yeah. see Yeah
2: But um, And that's it man You just keep You know And then it just starts bleeding over So like once You've done it for a certain amount of time It just like Bleeds into the street Like this is who you are And so If you could do Talk in front of Like I've done shows With Gabriel Glaces Where I did 10 minutes And like 12,000 people In the crowd <laughs> So when I did that, you know, luckily I got to do that. So you get, and then you just become like, man, little rooms are just, you just can go in there with, you know, and just control them. It's like a right. headlock, you know, just carry them around, do whatever you want. And after doing it for long enough, you get tired of, I just, you know, it just comes this, you in the street, you you, you stop being two people, the comedian and the guy in the street. You just became, right. this, well, you just become this one person. That doesn't matter, it's just who, you know, you just can talk and roll with it. And you know, whatever, whatever the situation is, You know, it's the same thing. It doesn't matter. There's no more.
1: No separation between the character and you. Yeah, it's one thing. Because your your character to me, like when I watch you, and it's only been once, is so intense and you're such a laid back guy. And so is that something that took a while for you to develop or did you just, when you hit the lights are on, you're on? Yeah, it's go time. So it's It's fucking go time. It's performance. What are you here
2: for? Yeah. That's something we struggle
1: with is it ends up being meek and like, well, do you like it? And Mm -hmm. then you just totally lost. You know why? Because you care what they think. Yeah. And you're thinking about it.
2: I don't give a shit what anybody thinks in the crowd. Like, and I mean that very politely and very humbly. I don't know if "humbly" is a word in a very humble manner. Because well, it's a word. You now. said it confidently, yeah. so I believe it. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> just confidently say it. But you know, at the end of the day, they're guinea pigs. Like, they, I'm here to. I'm gonna give them my best product I can give them because they did pay for a product. This is what you're gonna have. Um, now, if, if there's some things you don't like in here, it does not bother me if you don't laugh because I already know I'm hilarious. Mm-hmm. That's one good thing about getting on TV. Isn't about the the <laughs> good thing about credits. Is that it? Kind of gives you this self, like, "Listen, I'm funny enough to be on television, so it's either I'm having an off night, or they're just I'm just not their type of I'm not their flavor." Yeah, it's they a, have you bad know. personalities. You,
0: you have proof of performance. <laughs> yes, you have proven that you can perform, that you know what you're doing, that a, a, and that's the thing about getting reps in. Is that yeah, you may have sucked this time or this person didn't like you, mm-hmm. but you have so many other experiences that show you that prove that you can perform.
2: And, and, and you also have to get, it takes so long to get there, at least for a lot of most people, but to, to know that it just doesn't, if I'm the funniest dude they've ever seen in their life or the unfunniest dude they've ever seen in their life, whoever's in the crowd, once they leave, they don't know my name either way. Right. Like I've destroyed, like I've, I've destroyed rooms and I would have swore that I would have had added two followers. And pfft, they don't give me. They're there to be <laughs> right. away from their problems. They right. don't. It's then, an you know, it's okay, but we're still. You know, it's an ego thing. So you're like, why would you know? Like they should like that was a pretty good set. Like I thought they would remember that. Right. But I before I was a comedian, I'd go to a comedy event. I didn't know. I was like, who's that guy that opened for him? He was awesome. The last yeah. guy sucked or whatever. <laughs> you yeah. Know?
0: And you when you walk away from a comedy club, but you go, uh, whoever was that? And even me who works in the business, like, yeah, I saw Sean, and I, you remember the headliner. But then you go, the guy that opened for him, Mark. Mark, Mark Chalafu He was really funny. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I only remember his name because he was really funny and I got his card and I talked to him after that. I, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't remember yep. him at all. I mean, so he, it, it is. It, and that's the thing. Like, think of all the people that you've talked to at outreach booths at the state fair or yeah. some fair. They aren't going to remember who you were. It's an, it's not even a personal it's a game, thing. game really, I guess. Exactly. You know, it's, right. it's
1: transactional. So it's, you know.
0: Part of, part of what we do at We Are Libertarians to bring you entertainment is that we we take certain parts of our personality and we take certain things that happen in our life and we we extract those from our life, elevate them, exaggerate them, and kind of make them bigger than they are. Someone... Sent me a message and said I was at that pool party that you guys talked about on those two episodes, and it wasn't nearly as wild as you said it was. Well, no shit, Sherlock, because this is it a was show. A
1: libertarian pool party. Who's this, co- 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 this cock blocker? <laughs> yeah. it, was
0: it was Joel Osteen. It was Joel Osteen. So
1: I knew you didn't like him. Little autistic. You don't like those preachy kids, yeah. Yeah. Joel Osteen? He's huh? A, he's a doppelganger, dude. I uh, yeah. If oh, you, if oh, you call go, that because he looks like him? Oh, oh my yeah. God, same curly Jew hair, everything. Oh. Well, why'd you have to say Jew hair? Well, they have a particular hairstyle. (laughs) it's
0: curly he started a phrase he started a a rant today with the phrase I don't try to be anti-Semitic but I tried to be anti-Semitic but
1: but 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 then you go and you hit a weapons factory in Syria and almost drag us into World War 3 and I get so mad I can't take it so tired of war so this is on
0: the We Are Libertarians Instagram look at this dude Look at him. Look at him. Right? You're
1: going you to want to open
2: up to page seven. <laughs> right. Now, you got to understand. This is what the Lord's talking to you. He doesn't know. He's talking to you in a way that you might not understand.
1: It's his son. Sunday school with Sean. <laughs> That's his son.
0: It, it's crazy, yeah. How that would be look- quite
1: the scandal. An illegitimate son. That would be son, a sweet scandal, wouldn't it, it? actually be perfectly well. I better not say that. That mm-hmm. wouldn't be perfectly fitting because Christians are good people. Yeah, yeah. They oh don't my do anything, god. They don't do anything wrong. Nobody does anything the wrong. The Catholics. Yeah. The Catholics don't. <laughs> don't. Don't ever trust the Catholics.
0: Now, uh so so yeah, it's it's about getting out there and, and realizing that you're you're not going to be remembered. You're not that. You're not as significant as you. And a lot of times, mm-hmm. people people think that more people are thinking about them than actually are. Like. Greg and I are best friends, but like Greg is not sitting there thinking about me all day, every day. If you're in trouble, I am. <laughs> For sure. Right, but-, but like
1: everybody just lives their own life. Yeah. You know, like you were in trouble this earlier this week, and we had to fix that. Yes, yeah, a lot <laughs> Another of problem. pregnancy scare, huh? Yeah. No. Well, I found a two-story home and said, "Well, you gotta take a look at it," and pushed her right down the stairs. <laughs> <I was laughs>
0: just kidding. Oh, wow! <laughs> well, we're gonna go ahead and
1: edit that out.
0: <laughs> no, no, we're not. No, just no that's kidding. what we do. <laughs> that's how we roll. It's real bad around here. The that's great. editing out was
2: a nice play. <laughs> yeah, but no, you know what? Sometimes you know, let's whatever you gotta do, you know. So sometimes the drastic measures. You gotta take drastic, you know, whatever the
0: saying is. You guys know, fill it in. I'm gonna have you switch over to that mic, Greg. Alright. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah, that's better. There's something up with that that the blue, blue mic. mic. Yeah. So Uh-oh.
1: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I, mic. I killed you. I killed him. Oh,
0: he hit me with the cough button. Yeah.
1: That's what you get for making fun of Christians. That's
0: what I get.
2: <laughs> Listen, you're the one making fun of Christians over there. That's true. This is a sweet oh, specials okay. board here. I thought you guys were gonna put so, on. So,
1: so like uh, I little, know one... Oh, th- Oh, that specials board. Yeah, you guys should do half. You should do a eight ninety nine <laughs> half soup sandwich on this. See, he's <laughs> not quite vegan, but he's only
2: clean life. Hey, let's go. Let's go with a um. You you go. You full vegan or not quite vegan?
0: Oh no, I'm not even remotely vegan. I consider
1: anything that's remotely health like vegetables as vegan.
2: Let's like, go with a. Uh, chew, uh, then you have a little specials board in here, guys, that you put out in front of a coffee shop or some sort of sandwich shop and i really like it and i think we're gonna today's episode we're gonna have on special we're gonna have a six inch chicken okay on a wheat bun with sprouts avocado a little sriracha mayo <laughs> and with a bag of chips and drink for 6.99
0: i'm out on the sriracha sir <laughs> oh really i don't like sriracha. so good i don't like sriracha well, at all. get your
2: life together that's that's what's wrong you know you, th- you never know like how old are you
0: Thirty-three.
2: All right. When you're thirty-four, you're gonna be like, "Wow, thirty-three-year-old. media didn't know shit." Sriracha is amazing.
0: <laughs> but it makes everything amazing, really little better. Little uh see, uh, it's, I think it's it's, uh, it's a little too. I'm sorry, Sean. It's a little too Mexican for
1: me. I'm swarthy, so hey, I can get away with it's it. It's actually an Asian hot sauce, so it's oh, okay. okay. Yeah, right. it's. Oh. Uh, <laughs> is it Asian? Yeah. 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 They're going back, whatever they are. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, well, they're, they're rounding them up as we speak. That's right.
0: So, so yeah, it, it, it is really about reps. So, how do you sit down? And it, I would I would say if you are nervous about going out and doing an outreach booth or talking to a group or if you're running for office, if you're like our friend intern ed who's going to run for office and nervous about speaking in front of a group, how much preparation do you do? How much um,
1: rehearsing and <laughs> and like...
0: Rehearsing or in between performances Because the thing about stand-up comedy It's about reps you want to get up as, And many nights as possible But uh, I mean if you're sitting at home In your free time Are you practicing How do you think of things to say um, I pick them off throughout the day
2: Okay, So huh. if something happens I have to write it down If I think it's funny in any manner I was like oh I can use that Boom write to the notes If I don't put it in the notes It's gone forever right. Do you do physical notes Or do you do digital Uh, digital all digital digital. 99% digital at at this point Uh, my handwriting is getting worse and worse I'm just typing and writing less and less
0: ironically his dick pics are all analog still all
2: analog Polaroid
0: males just like Bauer's
2: joke I send them in the mail to people (laughs) a Polaroid
0: yeah (laughs) so I can write on there (laughs) old
2: school snail mail dick pics you gotta respect that
0: could you imagine 15 years ago like I graduated high school in 2002 if a girl had emailed us not even emailed because you really couldn't have emailed a nude in two thousand.
1: It would have had to be instant messenger. Had
0: if a girl had in in nineteen ninety five printed out on a Polaroid a nude photo and mailed it to you, could you imagine how fucking excited you'd be? Now oh you open up. You, they
1: have it so easy today. You open up
0: Snapchat now, and you're just like, ah, great. There's another snatch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just. Oh, I got. I, I can't get to all these today. <laughs> right. It's just too many. It's just too many titties. I'm in so my tired. <laughs> I'm so tired of looking at these titties. Oh.
2: <laughs> you know, I, there's, there's no practicing now. Um. Really? It wasn't the beginning. I don't know. No way.
0: Not at his level is and what. It's he means. So yeah, yeah. that's and, really and, true.
2: By, and by the way. I ain't shit. I just want everybody to know that. Like, I'm not shit. I'm. I learn every single day. You know, I'm just. I've just this level of experience. Good for me. I started in 2002. Oh wow! So, so it's still pretty it, recent. Yeah, in a yeah. lot of different markets, and I, you know, I've been fortunate. So I'm just, you know, being able to do stand up is getting much easier because you could the talking part. You know, you have to write. You write less off. So like right now, I pick off stuff all day. So like, let's see something that happened a couple other days. Okay, so the other day, this girl's telling me that. um her girlfriend one of her girlfriends bought broke up with a boyfriend but she had bought the dude a mop nato a, a mop like oh my god one of yeah those mop
1: natos right for the kitchen like for kitchen linoleum yeah yeah, yeah. so the dude
2: so the dude is all he's all sad whenever she she broke up with him. she was he was sending her clips of himself crying oh using god. the mop nato and <laughs> oh. that's amazing to me i was like and that went right in the notes like i don't know where it's going to work but i'll just take it and I'll <laughs> apply it to a fake relationship so I'll be like my brother-in-law or something you know, I'll make up like my, you know, so-and-so, this old buddy of mine, he was a little bitch, my old roommate or something like that.
1: <laughs> my ex-girlfriend who I hated that I got a mom <laughs> Yeah, no,
2: this dude, like, and then I'll just say the story like that, but I'll just recreate the cast, but the exact same actions that happened. Yeah. You know, that's, that's how I write material. That's how I come up with shit. Like my, right. I have this joke right now about my uncle having a, um, a prosthetic leg and he, and he got on house arrest. And oh,
1: that's <laughs> one of the funniest things I've ever listened to. <laughs> but it started as a tweet
2: and then now it's like a five minute bit. It's like my favorite shit to say right you know of all my of all my scripted material and oh, it's a five minute bit now and um but it's half true it's like i took i had an uncle as a kid that had diabetes and he had his leg amputated for years and then he, and then another seven or eight years later he had the other one amputated so that was already in my been in my mind and then i was at when i first moved out here i was at morty's in the lobby i was stoned out of my mind okay and i was just sitting there looking at and the manager at the time when we all we all love and She's one of my best friends on earth. Uh, Rachel was on house arrest. (laughs) Right. So I was just sitting there. I was just lit. And I'm just like, man, that would be great if my uncle, like if he got on that, but they put it on the fake leg. Then he can just go out and do shit still. Like, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> just leave it places. Yeah, so that's where the joke, that's where it came from, you know? It's half true, half. So you, you know, embellish great. too, like, because that's the thing,
1: like, our listeners, they don't, like, you know, or like Joel Osteen look alike, you know, it's that it wasn't exactly what happened, like, you know, like yeah. an AP news report. M- most of it happened. I mean, yeah, yeah. but you,
0: you, you, like, Jeremiah. We play it up though, you know? Of course, you Jeremiah and, was not out of. Jeremiah Morrill is a fine, upstanding member of society. He was not so drunk that he couldn't drive the next morning. He wasn't white girl wasted. Right. Yeah, it was a little that night, but and you know, one more thing yeah, you um, embellish it a little bit.
2: Uh, one more part about that whole preparing to speak to people, right? Right, a lot of times people where people mess up is because they're, tr- they're thinking backwards when they get up there, so they practice and practice at home and practice and practice, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking that if they know it like that, but then what happens when you go up there, you um, you start trying to remember, so you're not thinking forward. So it slows everything down. So, like, you're not and, reacting. Yeah, you're not. Sorta. No, it's not. And you're taking away the natural aspect of, of speaking and communicating. Right. So, that's when people start slowing down, and then their <laughs> words start to sound like this because they're trying to remember what to say, what they had written in that one line that they just couldn't remember. And now I'm up here in front of people and I'm forgetting everything. And now I'm thinking backwards and I'm looking, you know, then they become almost in the crowd and not the speaker. Right. You know, like, so all my shit's bullet pointed off, you know, when I start off a joke. So i just, this is the idea. I'm tired of car alarms. If your car has, is older than 12 years, You're no more alarm. No one's stealing a piece of shit, and if they do, they're doing you a favor. You're welcome. Okay, that's one less thing for you to worry about. Right, (laughs) and that's my whole like this joke on car alarms. Like I'm just pissed off because like this dude in my apartment complex, this guy, is a shitty asshole car. This car alarm's going off all the time. It's like, dude, no one's stealing your your 1998 Camry,
0: dude. (laughs) It doesn't
2: even have the same color doors. Nobody wants that. And if they do that's, that, You don't want to be Alarmed at it You want that to be A natural surprise In your shitty Wednesday <laughs> So that's it You know I just think of, think of The idea And then I just go up there That's why I still do Open mics all the time Just to go up there And get the words out And try to make find the joke really So you right. just sort
1: of Let it ride Like so Like you have, you have an idea Or a concept in mind And then you just Free flow, yeah. I just
2: throw it into the machine and hope it comes out on the other side funny or, or at least funnier every time, yeah. Because I audio record every single set.
1: And then do you always try to like push the envelope to see like how far it can go? And then do you ever like sort of dial it back to find the sweet spot?
2: Um, what I'll do is I just keep writing around, okay. Just keep writing around, then I'll take shit out, like, all right, this line's just fat, it's got to go too long. It yeah, adds- this, this adds nothing to the story, it's right. just added words for no purpose. And that's more, what you know, we're great at. Yeah. That's well that's the great thing about podcasts. Exactly. People, we have people, a lot of fat. There's yeah. a lot of fat and that's what the, but people like the fat now. That's different than stand up because you're not on a 7 or 8 minute, you know, you got 8 minutes to, to handle this, you know, you need as least amount of words to get to the funniest possible. Uh in like a 7 minute set. And you, know, you know, when you live in LA, you're not getting more than 20 minutes unless you're in a seasoned jet, you know, general on the on the scene. You're not getting very many or you're your own self-produced shows where you're just up there ball hogging because it's your room, then you're not getting much more than 20-minute sets.
1: So there's, there really is no room for fast. So it's just sure. way more competitive, obviously, Like to even get mm-hmm. noticed.
0: And I think that applies to, to when you're going out and you're communicating and talking with people. If, and this is a very specific uh, thing. When people go out and do an outreach booth, when people go out and talk on, knock on doors and talk to people, when people go out and give a speech at a local forum as a candidate, um, or even when you're talking to your friends, I mean, people have a very, you. You have to just kind of trust yourself. And so, whenever
1: I've I've given hundreds of speeches, and, and you the, did stand up at last year's Libertarian convention. I was so proud of you because you had to like do it on the spot. Right, you've been talking about it. Uh, you did really good. Thank you.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's and if you had if you had 500 sets under your belt, you would be killing right now because you already right. you already know what you're talking about. Right, you already have the presence. You're doing it right here. You do it all the time. Sure. You know, you have a crowd, you just can't see them, and it's a delayed It's a delayed listen. That's Absolutely. the only difference.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've seen our live shows. Mm-hmm. They're great. Yeah, our live shows, uh, we get about 50, 60 people out to them, and, you know, it's been great to hear a comedian's perspective of our live shows, like, no, you guys kill. Your audience, I don't get the inside jokes, but your audience is a bunch of people
1: I, show I'm up. I'm not autistic, but if I were, this would be what I would come to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: because you know why? Because um, you, you already know, like, listen, this is what you're saying. You're not, you're, not, you're not shooting out, you're not shooting, you know, just shooting off random shit, hoping that it gets picked up. Right. So, you know, that's, that's, that's all that matters is you know what you're saying and you're going at it. Now, if people don't like it, then they don't listen. Right. So that's why you don't give a fuck is because you know what you're saying you have you people that want to hear it and they're right. gonna and they that's so that's what that's the same thing as me except it's just a different recipe of what's going on you absolutely
0: know? they're right in front of you and our audience is out there you're driving in your car you're listening to work yeah i mean and so listen our podcast isn't for everybody
1: no we don't want it to be i mean right. that's my mm-hmm. opinion i you know i try to if if you have enemies you've done something right you've taken a stand at once in your life you know, and so many people just placate and just try to be everything to everybody and it's just exhausting. And
2: it's impossible. It yeah, is, because then you make no one happy, including you get, yourself.
1: Yeah, you get in your mid-30s, you start to realize, like, listen, it's just this is how it works. Yeah. Do you think comedy made you more cynical and glib faster? Or what? entertainment as a career, uh, like you know, because like usually, like in your 50s or like, you know, you're just like, I'm done with people. I'll do whatever I want. But like, mm-hmm. I feel like in entertainment, everyone I've met is like, at thirty, they're like, fuck them. <laughs> I don't give a shit about them. Like, did did you go through that at all? I, I resemble that remark. <laughs> you know, there's um,
2: you have when you're starting to, you know, when you've been doing it for a certain amount of time, you start feeling like, wait a minute, I should have gotten this or this or that, right? You know, and then you could but um. Then you're just like, man, it's just it's just a roller coaster. It's such so ups and downs so much, and there's no rhyme or reason. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of things. It's not just based strictly off of funny. Because yeah. if that was the case, there would be a shitload of famous comedians. Oh my god, yeah. there's a lot of funny people out there that don't that aren't millionaires. Yeah, you know.
1: But you they know, just have a stick like Larry the Cable Guy.
2: You just you just become more of a you, selectively who you enjoy talking to, you know? Because you have to talk you have to have, you know, talk to so many people after the show and you have to be appreciative, but you don't really know them. Right. You know, but they really feel like they know you really well. Sure. So, you know, it's just but it's a lot of tons of small talk um, and where are you from? <laughs> oh, do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm really patient with it. I, and I enjoy it because I'm happy that somebody actually wants to talk to me. Cause there's gonna be a day somebody probably don't, might not want to talk to your ass. Like, sure. <laughs> Are you at a point where the criticism
1: doesn't have any effect at all anymore?
2: I still, I still, I still, I mean, it doesn't have effect, but it'll, I'll, I'll listen to it.
1: Yeah, like constructive feedback. Yeah, yeah but like, that well, way. Well,
2: even if people, somebody hates me, they're yelling out why they hate me. Well, like, well, I'm sorry you hate me. I don't know, but uh, then I still have to hear why. You know, some sort of self reflection in some matter. Listen like, to okay, what they're saying rather than their tone, they're, you know, whether they're right or wrong, you still have to. I still to enjoy list like I don't enjoy, but I'm like, all right. Well, is there any valid point there? Is there anything that I could, you know, maybe I should change or think about that I'm fucking up, or you could, you know, in the now. Well, I'm listening to the guy, but that's 100% bullshit. So there's nothing I can do about it. It's
1: not uh, my fault. He's wrong.
0: A lot of what, a lot of what we find is that, like, in in doing this show it's really kind of whatever we want to talk about and what we think is funny, what we think is interesting and not so much what it's not like audience testing, mm-hmm. you know, and a, that's B testing. It's very much, yeah. it's very much different than like, you know, my day job where you're programming to a methodology a lot of times, but here it is really exactly whatever we want to talk about. And if people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. I mean, so how do how do you deal with, uh, you know, and th- that's, for all libertarians, man, you're going to go out and talk to people, and there are going to be people who are just not your people, that you're not going to win them over, and there's no... The re- majority. There's no reason that you should continue arguing with that person on Facebook, nope. because they're a Republican, and they're just never going to change their ways, they're <laughs> never going to change they're their not. thinking. They
1: just still not. think blacks are worth three fists, you- and you're never going to change their mind. <laughs> right. And you- there's a lot of those in Indiana.
2: Some of those are on this podcast. Yeah. Yep. But, you <laughs> know yeah. it's just It's Nothing you can do about it. Yeah. There's Literally, you, you, you waste so much time thinking you can change. There's not, you're not, no one's going to change me. There's not a Republican out there that can step in front of me and make me be like, you know what? You're right. Trump's doing awesome. And I love him to death. Sure. This guy's finally, finally found our guy. Like you'll, there isn't a person on earth that can do that. And so I know that they're going to change my beliefs and what I got going on. Sure. So there's no way I'm going to change anybody. But sometimes, I mean, I get, you get wrapped up in it. He's passionate. You know, sometimes I got to go back and delete some shit off Facebook. <laughs> you know, I do a lot of political deleting on Facebook.
1: Do you? Are you a political troll?
2: Well, I just. No. Um, sometimes, I mean, it depends. Occasionally, some shit will, you know, I'll get in a few arguments here and there on Facebook, you know, Facebook political arguments. When I see some, some shit posting. Exact. Some, some exaggerated ridiculousness, you know, and I'm just like, come. But a lot, but I draw back so much. I'm just like I, I start getting in, like start typing. I'm like, stop it,
0: dude! I'm not yeah. going to put it, you in camp.
2: Keep it scrolling, bro. <laughs> go take that post down from yesterday. You,
0: <laughs> you
1: dumbass! <laughs> I had a day like that yesterday.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, too. All really, all this week, you've been going a little hard. Hard in the paint. You Got to go hard in the paint. You know what?
2: That's your that's, yeah. your that's your game, man. Go, but you just have to drop it once, and then you get left alone. <laughs> I just think that everybody's gonna be so worn out. This next, yeah. oh. these next few years, people are gonna be so worn out politically. I'm a worn out. 100 days in. I'm are Yeah. I am. I am. I constantly am just like, dude. What happened today? Every single day. <laughs> I want to say thank you to President Obama for not doing that to me. My mentality, right? Not co- whether it's he's right or wrong. What's going on right now? Whatever you believe, it's no matter what. It's got a stranglehold on everybody's mentality. Yeah. Oh, it's a mass cultural psychosis. It's it's un it's un it's out of control. Like every day, whole country needs
1: Xanax. Can we have one day? (laughs) Can I
2: have one day without something
1: just just hitting my soul? Like, what is going on every day? Yeah. And and their styles are so much different because Obama's cool, calm, collected, and Trump loves drama. He's petty and a reality TV star and i have
0: found that it has made all of it's made us more petty it's made it's made society more petty 100% i got to agree with that i mean you you go out and interact with a lot of people one on one have a lot of conversations with a lot of people i mean what kind of societal shift have you seen over the last couple years man i'm just uh everybody
2: is just an expert that's one the worst thing i think right now is everybody has a podium there used to be one podium now there's 20 billion podiums right and that's, mm. that's, 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 there's people elected for a reason. And I mean, uh, it's, it's very clear why now mm-hmm. there's a, and, and I can't, but, but the problem now is that those, those goofballs are now voting in these fucks that are just, they're, 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 they're ripping the earth apart. You know, they don't give a shit about anything except well, for the they're People
1: are enjoying pain for the first time in American politics.
2: Oh man. And it's, I mean, but we're just catching up to the rest of the, the globe. Look at Brazil right now, or Venezuela, or North, what's going on with North Korea and China. and Ra- Everything is in fucking chaos.
0: There's a, uh, there's a book that I downloaded that I haven't read yet. It's called The Death of Expertise, the Campaign Against Established Knowledge and Why It Matters by Tom Nichols. And the description is as follows. People are now exposed to more information than ever before, provided by both technology and by increasing access to every level of education. These societal gains, however, have also helped fuel a surge in narcissistic and misguided intellectual, got a phone call right at that opportune time, and misguided intellectual egalitarianism that has crippled information debates on any number of issues. Today, everyone knows everything. With only a quick trip through WebMD or Wikipedia, average citizens believe themselves to be on an equal intellectual footing with doctors and diplomats. All voices, even the most ridiculous, demand to be taken with equal seriousness, and any claim to the contrary is dismissed with an undemocratic elitism. And, <laughs> you know, I sort of read that and I go, all right, well, they're just going to throw, you know, Rush and Alex Jones and all conservatives under the bus. You made a typo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I don't have to defend my argument. Right. <laughs> but, but that, you know, it's, uh, it, it goes back to the reps thing. If, if somebody is a nutritionist by trade, uh, just because you were on the Whole30 diet once and you watched some Snapchats, by the Whole30 creator and read her book. That doesn't mean that you're now a nutritionist. You know that you're you you're not ki- Keto Life. Yeah, you're not. Uh, you're not, you, how it works or whatever that is. Yeah, you know everybody's
1: it like, works now.
0: Right. I, so it is. Everybody's an expert on things. Everybody's an expert. Right. Doesn't a- that
1: piss you off? Because you spent fifteen years becoming a professional comedian and with like established credibility, and then you'll like hear some snark from some little you know sniveling bastard and just want to go off.
2: Um, no, because all that matters is the product. So if yeah. they, they can go, if they can do whatever they want and say whatever they want publicly. But then when I show up and I watch their set or something, I'm just like, well, maybe you aren't qualified to be saying what you're saying online. <laughs> uh, and, and I, and I don't <laughs> worry about it because Mike's like anybody's success. If it comes quicker than mine, all I can look, I just, I, there was no way I could have an hour special at the age of 28. It's just, I was talking about the dumbest shit on earth. I, w- I didn't I didn't know who I was on like there's you know you can't really it's it's all just a rhythm so I can't say well look at this guy he's already synced in like I wasn't I'm barely getting where I really enjoy what I'm what I'm actually doing like this right. last week I did uh I closed the open mic out the other night it was one of my favorite sets I've done in a long time. Mm-hmm. I had the whole, and it was a bunch of fake shit. I made this thing up last year called the invisible ball at Pat McAfee's Fourth of July party. Uh-huh. So I had a bunch of drunk people throwing around a fake ball, and so it was really doing well. People were, I mean, it became, and people were acting like they were running down the hill. People were diving for this shit, throwing it off the wall. <laughs> So I had this thing, Invisible right? <laughs> so I used it, I pulled it on my ass on Wednesday at the open mic. I was like, uh, some guy was wearing a baseball jersey. Some dude had a shirt on that was about two drives away from being sleeveless. <laughs> and then there was uh, some dude looked like he was just a hunter. He was just an Indiana Hillbilly hunter or something, you know, just out there. He had the camouflage hat on. He had the mustache. Good dude. Right. Great American. Yeah. So I had him, I, I threw a fake apple in the air. I had this guy standing up, shooting it with his compound bow that he happened to bring to the show.
0: <laughs> and he
2: was literally of course he's a bow hunter. holding out. I mean, this guy was full on. I was like, you ready? He's, I mean, he was locked and loaded. Like we were really doing this shit. So then I had everybody put on their fake helmets. The whole crowd put fake helmets on. <laughs> it was awesome. They all went like this. Right. And then uh, one girl didn't. And I saw her, the only girl who didn't. I was like, what's your deal? Put your helmet on. We, we want to save, this is OSHA friendly we run our safe stunts around here that's all we do and she put it on all mad she went like this
0: <laughs> she put her fake out on, on all mad like
2: this okay I'll be safe and then I had the dude throw a ball up the sleeveless dude that, that was the half ass buster hit, hit the ball in the air with his fake bat and then the dude with the compound bow from row four shot the ball out of the air and that was the big closer <laughs> it's just some fake ass shit but it's hilarious Did you right. feel like a preacher Uh, I kind of did I was like I get it now this is how they make them fall down
0: yeah
1: just pop them on the head heal you're done
0: fall (laughs) fall that's so funny yeah okay so you you have reached a point in your career that you you have such proof of performance and such confidence in yourself that people who talk shit don't really bother you anymore no because it's a product thing let's go heads up if if you really want to that's all that matters is the product anything else is bullshit and so, so this is the argument that I'm having with a lot of Libertarian Party people right now. And we're going to talk a little bit more in our next podcast uh, with Jen Gray. Um, we, nothing makes a bad product fail faster than good marketing. So you can have the best marketing in the world, but if product sucks, then it's going to fail. And faster. The problem with the Libertarian movement and the Libertarian Party specifically is that we don't know what we're selling. We don't know what the product is. And so it is great to go out and have a lot of outreach, and it's great to go out and do a lot of events and knock on doors, but when you don't really know what you're offering to that person, what you're selling to that person, then it's really tough to go out and market it. And so that's why I feel like there's so much insecurity in the Libertarian Party, because they don't have the confidence of their product. You know, They're
1: not an expert in their product. Yeah, right? they're not an expert. They have confidence in it, but
2: I, I, they have some confidence in it because they believe in it, but... They, yeah, there's, nothing, there's no like
1: definitive. Right. Here's what,
2: we, here's the, here's the, you know, here's what we got going on. This is us. These are our points. This is what
0: we're up to. You know, right. I, and I see that. And this is
1: our competitor. And here's why we're better. And- mm-hmm. Right. There,
0: there isn't that defined product that the Libertarian Party is selling. Uh, what the Libertarian Party is selling is we're not them. And that just falls apart after a while. And you're the problem. Right. <laughs> that's you know,
1: the that's the second part the, of that. Let's blame <laughs> the voter. The war on voters.
0: Right. And so it's. So to, I think this that's really helpful. That yeah, we are never as a movement or a party going to grow, and without confidence. And you cannot have confidence without proof of performance. And you cannot have uh, a good product without that.
1: Practice. Yeah, proof of performance is you know grinding yeah. or just grinding away, grinding sharpening away at us it. All. Yeah. And so when you do when you speak one thing I'm just curious about is I once read that Frank Sinatra when he filmed movies would only do one take and because he wanted that spontaneity is that kind of the way you are why you don't rehearse and that type of thing like that spontaneity is what gives it some of the extra magic Well, 100% well once um you can once you can live in that little world
2: though like you have to be able to you have to get over the bridge to be able to live in that world to just be brave enough to know like get out there and be like all right well I'm swimming I'm not going to go out there prepared with a you know, I always have a set list, but Do you? All the time? Yeah, I always I mean, I have a I have my list in my mind at all times. I know yeah. 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, 45. Um but it takes a while to get there. That's the real big jump because if you tell an average person to go and just stand there and just run with it up there like they like what am I going to say? I don't the fuck this. I am not know to say. Cause I remember when I first started, I had my little three and a half minutes, and I had, I had the whole joke written out, and I was just reading the whole joke. Oh God! Reading the whole joke, and then I'd be up there just thinking backwards. <laughs> so, the, the the biggest, the whole magic of everything is the na- being natural at it. So I could see why Frank Sinatra did that. You know, he's he's like he's not a he's not a, a trained actor. Right? Yeah. He's not like he didn't go to school for it as a child. He's a movie
1: star, like a personality. You know, yeah. more so than
2: an actor. And that's what he did. So he knew like whatever my first natural reaction is is the best you're gonna film me. Because I'm not pretending at anything. I'm just winging it, and I'm thinking forward. And that, and as I go forward, there's no. You can't fake going forward. Like, you start. You know, when you start trying to remember shit, that's oh, yeah. when. That's when you lose all that natural shit. Is gone right you're strict and structured yep it's not natural it's the most unnatural shit
0: i think you can tell like on this podcast when um we do greg has been putting together a lot of great show prep but i think you can tell when we're reading from the show prep versus when we're speaking extemporaneously
1: right and like i like to read through it and then not look at it but you know also it's hard to you know we want i try to pride ourselves on we we give the most comprehensive review of whatever topic we look at historically right. uh, policy wise and xyz and so sometimes we do have to read from the notes but that's our audience likes that too they yeah. literally would prefer vegetables than hot fudge sundays every day which is day. crazy
2: yeah. i love fudge. vegetables Love it. Really? Yeah. I did yeah. too. Also, I think you should do a thing on social media where it's like Chris Spangle's word of the day. All right. And it's just like, you got this like cool ass pose, you know, just holding it down. <laughs> right. And they just put whatever that fucking word you just said.
0: Extemporaneously? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the, the that, you
2: know, your podcast yes. word of the day yeah. is definitely that. <laughs>
1: the lexicon with that Chris
2: Spangle was
0: like Hilarious. <laughs> Extemp- I loved it. Uh, I what does extemporaneously mean Greg?
1: It means uh basically improvisational uh bantering back and forth reacting to right. whatever your environment I'm is. I'm
0: sorry to uh to disrespect you no, 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 by no. using
2: such a large word. I I like it. I mean I'm like <laughs> damn I would never bust that out. But I'm not, I mean I'm I'm a pretty dumb dude as far as the word, English language but there, there are no was, stupid I comedians. when dudes just bust out awesome words. Yeah, I love that shit.
0: I, I said that with, uh, what was the basic gestalt line for the Rogan podcast? Oh, the basic
1: gestalt. No one knows what gestalt means. <laughs> like, gestalt? Yeah, it's <laughs> like the holistic psychology. The doesn't it doesn't even sound like English. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's
0: German. And he says, I'm, I'm going to drop the, the basic gestalt on you. You want the basic gestalt? And Al- he used it wrong. Alex Jones, yeah. And then Joe Rogan just quietly in the middle of the podcast goes, Wow, I
1: love how you said that word with confidence. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. That was the thing. Was, you say it with confidence, no one will even question you. That's why I love. That's why I love Joe Rogan. He's just so
2: real oh, and like you're just the best. Listen, he's gonna call you. You better know your shit, dude.
1: He is an expert. Like that guy preps like a freak, yeah, and he, he's really good in real time. Like that's something yeah. I can't yeah. do. He can and fact check in real time. And if yeah. I if I could do
2: if I could prep and still be just as funny, then I would. Or you know I. And I do, I mean, now by prep, I mean like writing everything down. You know, like I don't do that. I, I mean, I listen to my sets all the time. I write out my work on my notes. I type on Do you, you record yourself shit. and go back and listen? Every I record every set. Awesome, okay. Because the one set you don't record is the one the most amazing shit happened and you have no clue to ever get, bring it back. Right. So it, it's happened so many times that I am so anal about I'm just like... I hit record. I have to usually delete off a minute of recording, just to whoever the opener was like introducing me. So I don't because I've been running up there sometimes. And I'm like oh I didn't hit record. I said this new <laughs> bit and I added like six lines and I fucking forgot all of them.
0: Oh, it's impossible to when you're in the flow. Hundred percent, I'll never remember. Do like, uh oh. uh you see what you need so is a, a, a nice recorder like a, a Zoom H2, mm-hmm. it's 150 bucks. You'll get great. You could make a CD out of all of it. Not your iPhone,
2: no, none of that. Yeah, I just been doing the rolling the phone, dude. Yeah, I know like an 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 personal assistant follows it's you. Yeah, well, I'm working on that. If there's anybody out there looking for an internship for the summer, yeah.
1: we, we have a free intern. We have an intern <laughs> right 52. now. It's fifty-two. I'm
2: gonna. Uh, I got. You should I'm, ask for one. I, I promise I'll give you school credit. I don't know if it's gonna count, but it, I'll
0: give it to you. It won't. But yeah, we called up. We have an intern, and uh, Ed. Ed's fifty-two. He's a great intern. He's a contributor to the show. He yeah. just. He just started donating 10 bucks a month to us. So thank you, internally. Well, we're going to
1: get him elected to school board.
0: Yep. And then, uh, yeah. And then Taylor Bledsoe sent us some drunken messages the other night that I haven't had a chance to read and respond yet. So, Any, uh, any
1: relation to Drew? Uh, I don't think so. But no. it's a great last name, though. <laughs> took me a second to I figure love out. I loved Drew Bledsoe back in the day. I, it took me Washington a second State. to figure out
0: who the fuck you were talking about because, like, I was like at BW3s last night because I wanted some wings and I'm sitting there. And I'm like, ah, the draft's happening tonight. Cool. No clue. Sportball. I didn't it didn't even connect that like Greg had, and the group and
1: group chat had been talking about the the draft the day before. I just, I, I don't even like NFL that much. I love the draft though. There's cool. something so exciting about
0: it. That's funny.
1: So what are some other
0: ways that you improve your act that you improve your communication?
2: Um, you know, the only the only real way I found outside of doing reps, doing rep, rep, rep um is just listening to yourself is so huge. The next week's headliner, Willie Barcena, a really good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. He's been on the, you know, he's been doing this shit since I think nineteen, I don't know, maybe eighty-seven. At Morty's Comedy Joint, he'll be there next week at Morty's Comedy Joint. Hilarious comedian.
0: The official comedy club of We Are Libertarians. I don't know <laughs> if they want that title, but they've got it. Hey,
2: that's a terrible title. That's that's a big sh- big fat. You're welcome to the club.
0: Right. <laughs> We're helping them.
2: And this guy's been on the Tonight Show probably twelve times. Scuffed three oh, wow. or four hour specials between Netflix and Comedy Central. Wow. And this, I really. Really, like, he's really the guy who just pounded in my head how important it is to record. Because he was, he wakes up every day, he goes to this Denny's his house at like nine o'clock. He's got a couple, of, he's got three kids, two already grown. Um, and he sits there like a blue collar worker would, like going to a construction job. He goes in there, he starts, he hits, he hits play, listens to a set, takes a bunch of notes on the bits, hmm. you know, and then after he does that, he, you know, he fixes up whatever he does, then he's on to the new material. And he's there until, I don't know, two or three o'clock every single day, just from. Six six in the morning till like three p.m. every day, just working on material.
1: I would abs- probably picking up too, right? Listening to the conversations yeah, you listen to all your
2: sets because I'm telling you when you hear yourself not do well, oh. it hurts your soul. Yeah, it took me so long to even be able to listen to the shit I was saying. <laughs> I would just be like this. Fuck, <laughs> I thought I did so good last night. <laughs> I swore it was a much better reaction. Then you hear the crowd. There's like 50 people there. You hear like three dudes like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Jesus, I was bombing. But those three laughs will get you through some sets. I'll tell you right now. Right. Doing three, uh, three, three laughing people in a room of 50 have carried me for years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and, and talk about that. You and, and I will say, when Rupert was training for the debates and Rupert, when he ran for governor in 2012 for, as the libertarian gubernatorial candidate, Rupert was not good at public speaking about politics because he didn't have the confidence of the information he was giving. You could get him up there and talk about his program uh, where he helps, you know, inner city youth or now sh- rural American youth uh, get out of the criminal justice system or survivor. And he can talk ex- extemporaneously mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On, uh, for hours Word and marijuana is
1: something he's becoming just amazing to talk about like a marijuana policy yeah policy he's just just really killing it and it's really adding a lot to his confidence in politics
0: yeah because he gets it and then and then uh but if you if he were in the debate he would sweat and panic and so what we did is we set up a camera and we set up we bought a podium and we just put him in front of it and he gave speech after speech after speech if he was giving a speech that weekend he would practice it five or six times we'd tape it he'd watch it he'd go back and he'd redo it you know, when I started my radio career 10 years ago, I was sitting in a news booth and a two minute little news clip and I'd read the copy and then I'd go back and start striking words, moving words around to get it. I mean, that listening to yourself, give a presentation, give a speech. If, if you're going out to uh, if you just have a little elevator pitch for the Libertarian Party. Would you uh, like to
1: buy some freedom? Would you like to
0: buy some freedom? <laughs> you know that that what what are those first initial things when you're most afraid of being judged by somebody when you start that conversation when you're giving the quiz when you're knocking on a door it's always those first few seconds and I'm sure that when you get up on stage those first few seconds of getting up on stage you go <gasps> That's a great point. That's and so kind of initiation can, sequence. Yeah, and if you can just get past that, <sighs> that that, and get into a flow, and practice that flow of even practicing conversation, that can be extremely helpful.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. I used to do. I mean, I, I for the longest time, I would, you know, I'd be at the house working out my sets, saying my jokes at home.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, like just out know, loud, the fr- and then
2: yeah, just saying some sort of
1: work on the delivery and the pacing, that kind of thing.
2: Yep. Try to how to say them. You know, I would just say them at home over and over and over. Because especially politically in a polit I mean a politician you have to I would be I'm certain I would be rehearsing like a madman mm-hmm. to make sure that I knew what I was because that's a big deal my biggest one of my biggest like things about public speaking I don't talk about politics on stage I don't do anything that I'm gonna make anybody take a side on really right on stage because I'm on there they're there to get away from all of, it as far as my style is considered you know, like I'm not here to make anybody t- take a side um podcasts are way different obviously. But I'm just so nervous because I'm like I love listening to, you know, what's going on politically. I love, I mean, I believe in what I believe in. You know, I'm big, you know, libertarian. That's the, the least amount of government. We're, we're just let me be my person. Let me be a person here. You get your tax money. Let me just do get out of my face, you know. And but you have to. So many people know so much. Like I couldn't. I couldn't. Like literally, if me and you were sitting here and just strictly go politics, I would be. It's it's intimidating as fuck because for number one like i told you i read about it all day i'm watching every video i'm reading and you don't everything. do it on stage no but that you're I'm, that passionate about it. yeah but um i'm just so nervous about knowing how well i know materials because i just can't remember you you have to have so many real citing. well well the, you know real stuff that you have to quote or know whether it be laws or anything that's going on you if, if you fuck that up then you automatically get discredited mm. so
1: then you become president
2: yeah, then you become
1: <laughs> the president. Jeez, then,
2: then you then you rem- you can't remember what country you bombed, but you really enjoyed the cake you're eating while making the decision. It was great chocolate cake. It was so great. Oh, It was just the best cake.
0: But if you were doing a debate on 90s rap lyrics, is yeah,
2: that- rap lyrics or gangster movies? Any gangster movie that has legitimate cast. I know I know probably 85% of the script.
1: <laughs> so, American gangster, Denzel Washington, 100%. That's great. So I haven't beat that one
2: up not nearly as much as like a you know uh, Donnie Brasco. Oh yeah. Way. Well, it's not iconic. Yeah, yeah,
0: uh, yeah. So, I think it will be though. Yeah. So we got to start wrapping up here, but so let's let's talk about the you, you put on a show last night, and mm-hmm. so when you're putting together an event where you need to you y- you're trying to get people out to your show, uh, you're trying to craft an event that people will want to come to. When you're trying to put on, it, it, politics is showbiz, and libertarians are terrible at show business. Libertarians are terrible at creating events that people are going going we don't to. What's do fun? Com- we don't do fun. Uh, they just don't like. Libertarians don't. are terrible about. Um, Understanding what it's going to take to entertain people but also promoting the event because there's that self-conscious aspect creating so, a fun environment <laughs> right so can you talk a little bit about what you did last night uh, and then what were some of the things that you did to promote that show what, what, how did the show de- what was the show how did the show develop and what did you do to promote it
2: uh, the show is called mortys of the dark with me your boy Sean Latham and I just I've always like when we do the Motorpugs thing we had this uh you know there's so many challenges Bowers really made everybody kind of step up you know and you really step out of your comfort zone because it was like a crowd work there was a crowd work set there was a uh, all new material set there was a only clean set and there was a tonight show set like you had to be a tonight show host you know doing a monologue and write you know write similar to that so every week it rotated you know we just went through emotions this week on new material Then I got this Then I got monologue You know And um That shit really sparked I really enjoyed the monologues Like Austin Real killed it So He's hard so One of the funny. first times He did this yeah. He like owned it so hard And I And then I got to do it And I didn't do it as good as he did Um We all did it differently You know But everybody got better at it Cause we You know We did it for months and months Um So last night I was like I'm gonna do a tonight show But like if it's just Indianapolis You know Like mm-hmm. I, I wanna be a toni- I wanna be a fucking Talk show host you know, I, I, sitting at a desk just bullshitting with awesome people is a great thing.
1: With great stories to be, you yeah. know
2: go up, bounce off of. They're beautiful, talented, you know, intelligent. Like there's just the, the elite people. You get to hang out and just chop, just let's just talk, man. Hang out, just have a beer. Right. So I did it here. I mean, I've, I'm lucky to who I've been introduced to since I moved here. Some of the most awesome, you know, like the most accredited athletes in the city, mm-hmm. and I've been training with. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Sean. You're welcome.
0: Thank you. You're so, so nice. By the way, your
2: your ping pong game is uncontrollable. I'm the per- You'd think per- he's Asian, really? Yeah, this kid is a beast.
0: I'm a high performance athlete. What can I say? He's the he's the albino of the professional ping pong circuit. So Listen, <laughs> I can bench 110. Now. Okay, like whoa. Yeah. Let that be known, everybody.
2: <laughs> be, you have all been put on notice. My dude is putting up 110. Easy. Three, four times. Three. Three, four times. So don't even, if you if you run into them in the streets, keep your head on a swivel. <laughs> All right. So you put together a Tonight Show. Yep. And I, uh, I've been training with um, Chris Lytle. Yeah. Doing, you know, um, jujitsu, boxing, you know, some kickboxing for almost a year. Whoa. So um, I was like, man, I'm gonna do this Tonight Show thing. So I've been talking to the club about it for a few months. And they finally gave me a date, and so I, I asked Chris if he wanted to be. A, and then I just made it up. Like I was like, "All right, well, I'm gonna do 20 minutes up. I got an hour and a half to fill. I'm gonna do 20 minutes up. Uh, Austin will do 20 minutes. You know, I'll throw a couch up there, a couple, couple, you know, t- tables with some with a cloth. I'll Make put a it relaxed yeah. and really easy, like a tonight show, just a yeah. bo- bootleg ass virgin. I had I had uh, three three people just not in the same band, just. My buddy, the guitarist Ryan McManus, right. <laughs> then you yeah. got Jay McPhee on drums, Pat's <laughs> brother, who's a drumming beast. He is. And then I just uh, through a friend. I just got a saxophone player, <laughs> and they just fucking meshed. And Ryan got their latest shit, so they really didn't practice together. They're just all really talented, so they just made it work.
0: <laughs>
1: that's awesome. That's the you best. Know? Like that's what they do at uh, <laughs> downtown at uh, oh the slippery noodle, like the, for jam night. Yeah, like, yeah. Th- these guys just kill it. They're all so talented they can play off each other.
2: Yeah, I used to go to jam night in Hermosa Beach. I was off the hook. Yeah, um, that'd be way better. Yeah, I'm sure it's no, not better. It's not location. Doesn't matter. Artists are artists. But the venue'd be fine <laughs> Yeah, and so I, um, I said, all right. Well, I'll, I'll do some time. And then I, what else I'm gonna fill in here? So I have a whiteboard at home, a big ass whiteboard, sort started filling it in. You know, with Todd giving me input and stuff. And then I was like. Um, and my, well, my buddy owns Kincaid's Meat Market on 56 in Illinois. Oh yeah, Rocky Ripple. 95 years of family owned and tradition. <laughs> uh, <laughs> slinging meat over here. Slinging meat. Delicious. It's the most quality oh. beef. Anyways, he's a he's he's a big wine guy. And um, so whenever we're drinking wine, you know, like it's like a running joke. I'm just like rattling off shit. That this and but I'm I'm actually slowly like getting a basic little starters. Starter kit on how to drink wine and a refined palate yes it's a little i'm I'm, I'm, on, I'm a white belt, but i'm i have the passion is there so I'll tell <laughs> so I was like, let's do that on some shitty fake wine on some box wine though, like no one ever does <laughs> wine tasting events with shitty wine <laughs> right so that's so I was Nobody. like let's do shitty box wine and talk about it like it's $500 a bottle or whatever. Oh, God. And then I was like, well, that's when I can have the opportunity to bring out Todd because me and Todd did some of this um, on a Morty's Facebook Live post one time. We were just, we were putting apple juice and in, in, in making it like it was shots of whiskey. And so everybody thought we were, we get a little crowd because everybody thought we were just knocking back 15 shots of whiskeys or it was like apple juice. And we were drinking wine though, for real. And we were just critiquing it and just being assholes. And it was funny. So I was like, all right, I'll do that. So I got, I got me, I open, I'll bring out Lytle. We'll talk, and then we'll bring. And then Matt Mitrione has been training. Also, he's getting ready for a big fight, so he's been out there with Lytle in the morning. So um, I was like, and I, we we all partied in Buffalo a couple weeks ago. Um, I had a show there, and they had UFC <laughs> 210 there.
0: Said no one ever. Yeah, we were partying in <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> Shockingly <laughs> fun place. I've only been there really, once. Yeah, and it's getting,
2: it was a little it was the first warm weekend they've had in a while. Uh-huh. So people were wild. getting buck wild that weekend. <laughs> but
1: uh, and you can just the Canadians yep. in the Niagara Falls I'm into it
2: so then Mitrione said I'll, I'll, I'll be on your show I'll do that that sounds fun so I was like oh my god I get, first of all I got two animal legends on my show like that's yeah. you got to do it just for that you gotta, gotta figure out the rest fill in space in whatever you got to do so then I so, so I brought out him them last night we had like a 20 minute thing you know and I did the whole like, like all right like I'm gonna show sure everybody you know just playing around like the host just thinking it was what he's doing but it just, I just I did a fake thing where I was like okay I'm gonna show sure everybody how to get up a chokehold Chris you know, so like I went around, and he put me in a choke, and then I just feel like I was asleep or whatever. Just fucking around. And then um, Austin did a set. He came on the couch, we talked about his weekend, promoted his shows. And then uh, we did a lip sync battle at the end. <laughs> oh, no, then we did the wine tasting. So, so then my buddy comes out, two buddies came out. We had the box of Franza. Then they filled up the glasses, probably 16 ounces of Franza. Yeah. That's not fun. And then we That's just, a lot. And then he chugged so it to gross. the face. So then Todd stood up and chugged the entire, and then it was two hundred dollars in the line. He goes, somebody comes up and goes, if you chug the whole thing, here's a hundred dollars, Todd. So then Todd goes, somebody else puts another hundred in, and then somebody, oh my, this dude, my buddy David, he fucking stands up, he he, he runs up. A body shop. No, he runs uh, like a. He works at a car dealership. So he threw in a free oil change. <laughs> <laughs> threw it on the desk and was like up in the
1: ante. <laughs> Everybody's throwing in cash. It was twenty nine ninety nine.
2: No air filter. Two hundred and an oil change. If you chugged that Franzia. <laughs> so Todd stands up and just hits it to the face. Whole thing. So the, whole bag of Franzia. No, no, just a whole glass. But it was like oh, a sixteen okay. ounce glass. Yeah. A fucking wine. You was it like red? yeah it was it was a sparkling red oh gross anything red wine that has to get cold is gonna be shit but they sell a lot of it and you get hammered off of it so who gives a fuck right
1: oh i played slap the bag tons of times yeah <laughs> i <laughs> bet you have <laughs> yeah. Nuts it's yeah. in a bag so you just hold it up and right open the spigot.
2: yeah then we uh then did a lip sync battle between between uh chris lytle and matt Mitrione, and, and then we wrapped her up and that was my first um tonight show yeah my my first indiana basically indianapolis tonight show basically
0: So essentially, it was just you and you were sitting there thinking about what would be funny, what would you, and you discussed it with some friends, what made you laugh is what you did,
2: Mm -hmm. and how the crowd take that. It went great. Right. Way better than I could expect, than I could have ever hoped. You know, it went smooth. You know, um, went really smooth. Everybody was hilarious, everybody was in on it, you know.
1: It's a fun environment. Like tonight's shows used to be fun. Like I love to watch the old ones with like Johnny Carson and Bob Hope and Dean Martin. Yeah. And they were like Dean Martin's ashing his cigarette yeah. on Bob Hope, like they're fucking around drinking. And That's like what we were now, doing now last it's so night. clean.
2: Yeah, no. The we, the, my whole thing was like, because I love Johnny Carson show. Like, that oh guy. yeah,
1: you know those guys fucking around. He's
2: just the, his corny shit. Oh, oh, you know, yeah. Like my, I listen to Roddy Dangerfield almost oh. every other at minimum weekly. At minimum, right. I listen to I Get No Respect album, just because I love those jokes so much, and I can't write those kind of jokes at all. Like, right. I'm I couldn't write a one liner for a thousand dollars right now. Like, yeah. I, I could, but I'm saying like that level of action.
0: To be, to you know, fame boys, and my wife is dumb. I don't, I don't have that skill either. Oh, such I can such a good skill. We had zero conversation about what we were going to do in this episode. We just sat down and did it. I can do that. And yeah. we can crank out an hour podcast that's relevant to our audience but mm-hmm. with zero prep. But you want me to write, uh, we, we had a bit today where some Facebook advertising, I'm like, I got nothing. I don't know what we should do. We should put maybe some boobs in it yeah so, <laughs> no 100
1: just have tom working on the computer not knowing he's being recorded
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh lastly how did you promote it what are some things that you because you got 90 people out which mm-hmm. is a great crowd wow that's awesome on a thursday night f- for an untested unknown thing uh how, what are quickly what are some ways that you got people to get out uh, i did do some facebook ads
2: um i did a lot of promoting my own thing uh, did a couple of posters, just some old school shit, a lot of talking about it. But yet the, the artwork is super important. It has to be, as long as it reflects something that's going to be solid. If, if you have some shitty artwork, people think like, oh, it's going to be a shitty show.
0: You did two things that were effective that I knew. that This is how I learned about it. First off, you personally invited me to it. Oh, 100%. And so by personally inviting it to, I felt bad that I couldn't go last night. That little bit of shame for missing it is... is is important because if you just send me an email and I can just delete that and ignore it and I don't, I don't care. A Facebook you, invite or something like that. A Facebook invite yeah. is very impersonal but because you personally invited me and I said yeah I, I might be able to mm-hmm. try and make it. The, the Facebook invite is a supplement to remind people about the personal invite. Mm-hmm. The other thing that you did that was very effective is you sent me two personal snapchats about it. You know, and I knew it wasn't directly to me, but, like, sending me a snap about it, it was, like, right in my face. It's just, like, oh, cool, yeah. It
1: felt like you cared about me. Right.
0: <laughs> but it was just, as it was...
1: Yeah, so it was,
0: personal touch. It's more, yeah, another personal touch. So, like, to me, those are the two things that were very effective in, and it's, listen, it's a lot harder to personally invite a lot of people to a big event, but you know you also did some incentives you made it you know hey if you show up here's a code that'll get you some money off or free at the door or whatever yeah i did
2: um i also teamed up with title boxing they have two boxing locations one in carmel and one in glendale mall Mm -hmm. yeah and um because i work out those dudes uh and we box at ibg with chris lytle so um that's how I became friends with them. And I was like, well, why don't we just do a program for your people where they get a half off code, you know, and you guys just promote it in-house and I'll give, you know, and I'll do a joke about title. And I did some jokes about it and you could set up a booth up front. So they were like, well, that sounds great. So yeah, they me cross like, promotion. Yeah. That's something that's, that's very rarely that's taken That's really time. the most important is finding ways. Like I met this marketing guru in, that worked for the improv in, um, in L.A. And he just dropped some knowledge on me, and it. When, and I was just like, well, "This guy! No wonder he has three hundred <laughs> people at every single event. There's not a seat available. This guy's donating to like uh, he donates tickets. Charity's huge <laughs> to, to the Red Cross, and so they'll give him. He has it. He had it to where everybody who donated blood, like on blood, uh, the day that everybody goes, everybody got free two two free tickets. So it's like sixteen hundred people just got handed." Free tickets to an awesome comedy event at the improv, you know? Right. Things like that. That's big deal. And so as soon as I knew I had the title boxing thing sewn up, I was like, Okay, I got that. Now the rest I can get I can get fifty people myself, Mm -hmm. just so my friends and their friends. That's twenty
1: that's twenty friends and
2: bring a friend. And
1: seventy down the bottom, like that's full yeah you know Morty like that's a packed house you had had 90 90. yeah right so I mean like you had people upstairs no no
2: upstairs no upstairs no no that place can hold 300 people yeah that's two I think it's like a it's 200 and something downstairs no kidding or or 100 yeah 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 yeah. no but it was but the room feels in nice 90 people it was really fun show they were all into it everybody was really into it um it was just fun off and just goofy and luckily it went smooth as shit I saw some really good people that are really good that are really good at interviews and things like those fighters are really good at talking in public you know like they're really good speakers you know and they're passionate to (laughs) talk. I had lunch with
1: Chris one time for 30 minutes and it ended up being two hours yeah like he just can go and he's so he's fascinating yeah we're both
2: Ron Paul guys so like like that 08 movement it's happening so we always talk about him we, uh, so we always have something to talk about me and him
1: yeah.
0: alright well we are going to wrap up now and at the end of the show we just uh, like to give the floor to everybody on the podcast that day it's your chance to self promote if people want to follow you uh, if there's anything that you forgot to mention the floor is yours Sean Latham alright Um, social media wise you can find me my
2: snapchat is seanlatham.com somebody, I can't believe somebody fucking beat me to Sean Latham on snapchat I had, it. I had you know why I had it, and I deleted it when it was new, because oh. it was just for bad shit, and I knew right. my girlfriend at the time would not be feeling it, right? Because in the so. early
0: days, it wasn't a publicly traded company; it was for titties.
2: Yeah, it was for some downloads.
1: Founded secret it at shit. Stanford as like a freshman, right? right. Yeah, for titties. Yeah, now he's dating a Sports Illustrated supermodel. The guys right. got the life.
2: And then across the board, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook is Sean Latham, S H A U N L A T H A M, as in Mac. And just uh, follow along, man I love being When's your a, next Twitter's time? my favorite Twitter's my favorite, by the way That's my favorite To be a complete asshole And just be fun But in a fun way Like, you know I retweet a lot of sh- Anti-Trump shit So, if, you know If you're super Trumpy You're probably not gonna really You're probably gonna get pissed off At some of my
0: retweets uh, Alright And do you have a website With dates or anything like that Or just follow you on Facebook Or Twitter and follow um, Com, But I haven't uploaded. I haven't
2: updated the tour dates late, but i mean if you go to my instagram it's just loaded with all my shows coming up
1: what about your podcast uh, where can people subscribe that'll to that? be in a, within a
2: week or so it'll be oh, up it's on, not up yet. no not yet not yet we, we just we got all set up with, with spangle and then we've been just i've been doing warm-up episodes with chris so we can get our we, you know so we come in smoother you yeah
0: know? cool and then once you guys have it up then we'll have you guys back and yeah have you on and that's cool. it sean latham i really hey, i want to say thank you guys so much for uh, having me on your Absolutely. wonderful podcast Absolutely. Please, everybody go follow Sean. He's very, very, very Hilarious. funny. See if he's coming to your town. Uh, you, you travel all over the country. You're not just here in Indianapolis. Uh, very funny guy.
2: I'll be at Morty's next weekend with, with Willie Barsena. Saturday, Friday, and Saturday? Thursday, Friday, Saturday next weekend. Okay, That's
0: cool. May. Uh, Cinco to Mile weekend. Oh, and, and you're of the Hispanic variety.
2: And correct.
1: so
0: is Willie. Uh-oh.
2: We're bringing full-on Mexican theme to Cinco de Mayo, Indianapolis. You're going to
1: Mexican the American Let's uh, Independence Day for Mexico? Let's go.
2: You can't deport us all. I
1: gotta, I'm from here, fuckface. <laughs> Greg? Uh, no, Sean, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I hadn't talked to you before. Just uh, really... Really enjoyed uh, the entire conversation and took a lot away from it. So, just thanks and good luck with everything. And uh, I'll try to come see you next Saturday. I know he can't, but I'll try to. Tickets
2: on me, guys. Any show, there's five shows. So,
1: yeah, cool. It'd be great. Thank you.
0: All right. Well, uh, we're, we're, uh, I I just started talking to Greg like we weren't on the air anymore. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much, Sean, for joining us here on this podcast. Greg, thank you for being here. I uh, hope you guys enjoy this. Please, please go follow Sean. Uh, I promise you will not be disappointed by anything he does. And thank you for listening to We Are Libertarians. Please be sure to go and rate and review us on iTunes. Like us on Facebook. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends. Uh, share with your libertarian friends especially so they get Force something it on them. It. Force it on them. Uh, all right. And thanks so much. And uh, check out all the good stuff at wearelibertarians.com. And as always, we promise to do better next time. Thank you for listening to the We're Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at we'relibertarians.com.